Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Son, and Holy the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father and our God, we thank you this morning, Father, and uh, we thank you for every guest that comes on here, Father. Prepare the hearts and minds of those here in the studio and out in the community, Father. We love you because you first loved us first. Now bless us according to the power of the Holy Spirit therein, and then everything after will follow because we love the Lord and we want to serve him. We thank you for this opportunity, Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today, my co-host, again, is Mr. Calvin James. Welcome, Calvin. All right, brother. And our guest today is my close friend, awesome guy, known all over Lafayette, originally from Welsh, Louisiana, Mr. Kenan Watkins. Welcome to the show, Kenan. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for being here. He is pumped to be here this morning. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're going we're gonna to have some fun today on the radio show. Kenan is, uh, I'm just going to throw out right right here from the beginning. Kenan is the kind of guy, he's the kind of Catholic that I think anyone and everyone should, should be like. He's a quiet guy, very devout. He's a great family man, has three, two, three children, two, two, two girls and a boy. Just an, an all, the ultimate father. Uh, I, I will say this on on the air. You know, Kenan is a, is is just an, an idol of mine as it comes to parenting and his faith. And you know, my mom used to always say faith is very personal and uh, private, and and that's how Kenan likes it, and that's what I appreciate about him. And he's a great guy. Uh, so, Kenan, with that, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Start from the beginning. Well, uh, it all happened. It was a Tuesday morning. No, um, born and raised in Welsh, Louisiana on a rice farm, Welsh high school graduate, went off to LSU, had a great five and a half years there on a four-year program, yes, you know, sir. Uh, met a wonderful young lady from New Orleans and married her, my wife, Laura, three children, started a oilfield service business 25 years ago that still operates today, got into the real estate business and uh, have just loved Lafayette for a long, long time, and look forward to it for a long time more. Love that. Uh, so uh, we call him Coach because uh, <laughs> Calvin and Kenan and I coach uh, Fatima basketball girls for a long time. Just really was a tremendous, uh, uh, I think for us all, a tremendous experience in our lives. And I'm gonna ask uh, the first question, then I'm gonna let Calvin take over. But Coach, I know this uh, just did a little background on you, you know, but uh, I understand that you are a convert to the Catholic faith. Is that? I am. Tell me a little I bit am. about how I that I was uh, raised uh, a Methodist in Welsh um, from a, a wonderful family, a strong faith background. Um, proposed to and, and uh, to a Catholic girl from New Orleans who accepted, and uh, without the precondition that I would ever you know, become a Catholic, to her credit, um, insisted that our children would be raised Catholic, which I agreed to. So secretly, I went to RCIA. Ah, um, at, that's uh, how Kenan works. Yeah, right. yeah secretly. Uh, at, at St. Jules. And uh, the reason I did it secretly was I told my wife, I said, I don't want anybody to know about this because if I run across something terrible that I don't agree with, <laughs> right. I can be sacrificing chickens. I don't know what's going on in there. Yeah. This, could be, this could be bad stuff. So I went through the RCIA program, and I never stumbled on anything that I encountered in the program and I realized that uh, we were worshiping the same God you know <laughs> and uh, became Catholic uh, in 1995 without reservation and um, 
and uh, have been that way ever since. Love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, Kenan, you have three kids. They all went through the program at STM. You just got Gabe into LSU, your youngest. Um, what I want to ask you is what part did that all your kids going to STM play into you not only converting to Catholicism, but then you walk after that with your mission trips and stuff like that. Tell me how you having your kids in that program led you into service outside the home as far as God is concerned. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I had kids at uh, Fatima and St. Pius and then on to STM. And what really was the foundation for me was, was uh, the, the faith programs that were there. And I wasn't expecting that. Of course. Um, and how faith was intertwined in all of the different activities from sports to uh, academics uh, to extracurricular. And so that's where I kind of got immersed in it. And then uh, STM, uh, the, uh, the program there was just phenomenal. When the kids uh, first went in, I thought, well, you know, I, I guess this is just a repeat of, of uh, you know, the lower level grades, but it was mm-hmm. a whole nother deal. And uh, we traveled on mission trip. Um, Lance Struthers, as you both know, is, is just an awesome guy and does great things over there. We traveled to Puerto Rico multiple times with those kids. And um, it just became something that was intertwined in everything that we did. Yeah. Uh, and I watched it uh, develop in my children, in myself, and the people around me. And, and it, it, uh, I have to say that it's a very important part of my faith. Not one that I expected. Yeah. Uh, but, but certainly an important one. Because we allow God to lead and we follow. Now, you went to Puerto Rico and Costa Rica. No, I, I didn't make the Costa Rica okay. trip. I actually started uh, the year after that trip, okay. uh, which was the Puerto Rico trip, and, and we returned there seven times or so. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Todd and I were on, yeah. on the trip together with that as well. And I know it would be hard to pinpoint one thing, but if you could, what would be one of your greatest experience over there in this third world country? Well, yeah, that's a, that's going to be an easy one for me. Um, so Puerto Rico is not a third world country. <laughs> <laughs> it I was turns out, about FYI, we don't want to insult anybody no, no. from Puerto Rico. Love Puerto Costa, Rico. We got the point. Costa love, Rico. Lo- love Puerto Rico. Um, mine was, uh, you know, uh, the my oldest daughter asked if we could go on the Puerto Rican mission trip with STM and and. You know, I said, "Oh, of course, I'd love it." But inside, I was thinking, <laughs> "Oh man, what? I don't, I don't want to yeah. do this. I don't know what's going on over there. I'm not a missionary. I don't even know what that means." But I desperately wanted to spend time with my daughter, so we went, and um, she had a great time. But I didn't get the mission message on that trip. Uh, to me, the that trip was about our relationship, and we were going to spend time together. So I ruined it. I ruined the first trip, not for her, but for myself. But then I began to go back and I began to listen to what uh, the guys were saying over there, which was, look, quit trying to control things, which is what I do. That's what I do for a living is control <laughs> things. So they said, just wake up in the morning and, and, and just ask God to, to, to let you, to give you the strength to take on whatever it is that, that comes your way that day. And so I started doing that and had wonderful experiences. But to answer your question, the, the one experience that, that, that we had was we walked into the, uh, this terribly impoverished community. Uh, it wasn't a planned deal. It, we just kind of jumped off the bus, and uh, Pablo, who both of you guys know, was, yeah, was with wild us. Wild man. Wild man Pablo. And he said, let's go out into the community. And I thought, this is a terrible idea. This is a bad, <laughs> bad neighborhood, and, and, and we're, we're going we're gonna to get in trouble in here. And we went to this, this – uh, it was a hut. You know, it was a grass hut, and um, there was a, 
uh, a man out front of it uh, standing there and he was crying and the, you know the kids were talking to him he's speaking Spanish I, I don't know what they're saying and his wife was suffering from a, a terrible illness um, a terminal illness and so the kids asked if they could go back and speak to her and, and, and give her a hug and so they lined up and they started doing that and I got in line like everybody else and, and uh, when I got to her and hugged her she said I'll pray for you <laughs> and I was not prepared for that. Yes. Um, I, my first reaction was, uh, and please, please understand, this is just in my heart. My action was, how dare you pray for you? Don't you don't need to pray for me? Yeah. Why? Why I came here to pray for you? Yeah. And it was, uh, but what it was was it was the light being shown on me that, hey, I need prayer too. And this lady who I didn't think could offer me anything, just offered you know, prayers for me. So I'll always remember that as, as a very powerful experience. I tried to carry that with me on the mission trip yeah. and uh, see not only what I could give over there, uh, but what I could receive. And I can assure you that in that time I received a whole lot more than I ever gave. That's awesome. You know, and I had, I had the same experience. I took all three of my daughters on separate mission trips and it was the same thing for me, Ken. And, you know, the first time it was like, I just want to spend time with my daughter. You know, you, you, you don't get that opportunity, yeah. which is why we loved coaching them in basketball because it was yeah. our chance to really be close yes. to them. Yeah. You know, uh, and other than sports, for me, we really didn't, you know, just because that's how the relationship was. And my wife pushed them towards cheerleading and dancing. <laughs> you know how that goes. And that, and that just pushed them away from me a little bit. So, so when we went, Ashley and I, the first time, you know, it was the same thing. I just yearned so much for her attention and, she didn't want to be near me. She wanted to be near her friends. And when, when the mission trip ended, I got this beautiful hug and, and very tearful in Puerto Rico over there by the castle on the water. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and it was just a moment. And uh, it made my trip all worthwhile. And I'm like you. I feel like I kind of wasted some of that trip. But Jess and I went back to Costa Rica, and that's when I met Pablo. And, you know, the kids will say, hey, that guy, that guy's like Jesus, you know. I mean, everybody would say, that's Jesus, you know, and Pablo, because when he's there and he's Holy Spirit driven, that's how he is. You know, you, you, you float like the wind out there. Uh, you become a different person. So anyway, that's, that's so awesome. Uh, and so you got to know that um, Kenan, uh, you know, is a planner. And um, when we go on vacation with their family, sometimes we've been to New York and a few other places. He he makes like three rental car reservations in case the first one doesn't work out. You know, he's got a backup to the backup to the backup. So it's That's interesting right. to hear you say that you've turned a little bit of your life to the Holy Spirit. You know, that's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Kenan, I, I've watched you grow in your faith and like, like we all have, you know. Um, so, you know, what, what is it? Um, I asked you a tough question. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in the Catholic faith, we, we, we believe that Jesus is in that Eucharist. And that's tough for all of, all of us Catholics. For a convert, how do you accept that? Do you accept that teaching? And, 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 and what's your take on that? Wow. Yeah. Good question. Um, I, I have always felt um, somewhat not in the know when it comes <laughs> to all, you know, I, my, my, my approach to everything has always been so simple. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of going through the RCIA program and, and some of the discussions that uh, uh, the groups had and problems that they had with certain things. And, and I never had a problem with them. And I thought maybe there was something wrong with me for not having a problem. And, and I think I thought of transubstantiation when mm -hmm. you brought that up. A lot of people struggled with that. And I just thought, you know, if, if, if Jesus said this is the way it is, I, I didn't 
I didn't think I needed a microscope to, mm-hmm. you know, to, yeah. to figure it out. I, yeah. I didn't, um, and I thought maybe I'm not thinking about this hard enough. Maybe I need to think harder about it. But I, I never doubted as a as a Protestant or as a Catholic that Jesus was really and truly and wholly present in the Eucharist. Um, I always felt that way, uh, and for whatever reason, I. I that wasn't a question that I, I struggled That's with. Awesome. That's amazing awesome. It's amazing that Todd asked that question. I mean, Todd and I already always channeling in the Holy Spirit, but Ken, you can attest to that. Just recently, the Holy Spirit led me to give Ken a prayer that we pray after communion. And uh, I don't know what would led me to do that, but he received it with gladness. And uh, I want to say that because, like I said, Todd asked a question, and we just recently went through that about a couple of weeks ago. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I want to ask, how's that working for you? It's wonderful. Um, I I, I, uh, I took a picture of that, and, right. I, and uh, so it's on my phone. So after communion, I read it, which I think a lot of people think that I'm checking a text or yeah. something like that. But uh, I do read it, and I also uh, uh, it's the bookmark in uh, in my Divine Mercy uh, yeah. uh, pamphlet at night, and so I read it at night as well. And uh, I think it's just a great it's a great way to really focus on. Uh, the real meaning of the Eucharist, of what we're really hoping for in that, you know, and what we're really able to receive. You know, I, I've never asked a guest on this show much about their marriage, and uh, and and you know, because you, you 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 never know where people are and all. But I know you have such a beautiful marriage with Laura. She wow. she texted me during the. Uh, during the week last week and and said for the first day of school she was praying marcel's rosary that wow. she had and it was really touching yeah. to me and uh so um you know i know that y'all have a wonderful marriage and it's been a blessing and uh anyone who knows kenan and laura that they're, they're the life of the party here in lafayette <laughs> no matter wherever they go but um how has y'all's faith in your marriage grown you know especially now being i guess empty nesting that's new to you but yeah that's new um my wife uh we met at lsu she, I considered her uh, this crazy New Orleans girl. You know, she, she wouldn't stop talking, and, and uh, uh, but there was there was care and love in every word that she said, regardless of the topic. So she has always been a person of deep faith um, that is so authentic. It's such an authentic faith, and and uh, it's present in everything she does. She's. Uh, you know, she's also capable of tough love when it comes to you know mm-hmm. hearing the truth, uh, and I think that was something that really attracted me to her that 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 truth and that uh, that steadfast faith um, in her actions, mm-hmm. you know, in her daily actions, and so uh, it, uh, our faith has always been a part of our marriage, even when we didn't articulate it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I admired it in her. Um, and thought that she was just you know way way out of my league and way ahead of me in in terms of faith. But I think we've come over time to to share the same uh, beliefs that um, you know that we're put here for a reason and and uh, we take take our responsibilities very serious and and uh, and uh, are very thankful for the blessings we have, which are many, beautiful, many, many. beautiful. So, so uh, a follow up question. Um, you know a lot of Cajun Catholics, and um, yes. you know living and growing up in welsh and you know welsh is a pretty hardcore you know would we'll just say christian area you know may not all be catholic but you know a lot of strong belief in that area i do a lot of duck hunting in that area and mm-hmm. um they have a beautiful church in that area but you know what is it about the cajun culture and and their and their religion that makes this area you feel so special and and you know so many people here yeah 
Well, uh, first of all, all the ducks in Welch are Catholic. So <laughs> um, you know, we were, as I said, born and raised a Protestant Methodist uh, in Welsh. The church was across the street from the Catholic church. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, in, in full disclosure, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of um, I guess, not turmoil, but um, suspicion across the street, you uh-huh. know, the, the Catholics toward yeah. the Protestants and vice versa. Um, but the one thing that unified everybody and I think it does in, in, in the Cajun culture in general, is uh, that commitment to what is right and that commitment to God. Um, I never saw the differences uh, in, in mm-hmm. I saw the similarities. I thought there was way more that, that made us similar than, mm-hmm. than divided us. And I think that's just an attitude that prevails in this whole area that, you know, we have our differences and we wear our different colors, but at the end of the day, you know, when, when it comes down to it, we're all we're all one. We all know why we're here, and we're all here for each other, as we're supposed to be. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Today's guest is Mr. Kenan Watkins, a great friend, a great Catholic, a great Cajun. Uh, and so, you know, Calvin, I'll let you jump in here. Yes. Uh, we're talking again about his uh, his personal relationship and his growth. He recently added another uh, facet, uh, uh, facet to his life with the— uh, with the Novena app, and uh, I've seen a difference in Kenan's life, uh, especially in his uh, his commitment to his uh, personal relationship. He prays those Novenas, and uh, we talk a little bit about some of the things that's going on in his life, and it's obvious that it's making a difference in your life. Can you Will you agree with that? Uh, do you agree with that? Have your life taken any uh, turns since you've been... Uh, actively involved with saying the novenas every day and you yeah. don't have to agree with that <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. um you know i think it's a it's an affirmation uh, in those novenas you know reading reading the prayer and, and really really un- understanding the words it's an affirmation of of the things that we're supposed to be doing the, the basic things that you know that i try to incorporate which are pretty simple for me i'm i, I try to be a simple guy but it's you know i got a I got to love God. I got to love my neighbor. Sounds pretty simple, but I fail at that every day. Yeah. You know, I fail at that every day. And so I look for the ways that those kind of weave into that. And then, uh, you know, mercy, divine mercy. And, yeah. and, and uh, uh, divine mercy has to be through our hands, you know, on this earth. Um, and so that's what those novenas, I look for the support in those that backs up those, those things that I try to live. 25 years in the oil business. Mm. How do you incorporate your relationship with Christ into your business? Well, um, difficult in the oil field I grew up in. Uh, tough, tough folks, you know. Uh, but I think it it comes down to trying to cut through all of the uh, all of the red tape with these guys and the uh, uh, egos and whatnot, and see them as God's children, just one of us, just yeah. like me. You know, maybe at a different place, but all on the same journey. Yeah, and man. so um, that's that's what gets me through some uh, some tough times in the oil field. You think the business has changed a lot? Yes. Oil field has changed uh, completely. Um, good in some ways. Uh, good for the American consumer, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, the good news is we're going to have a lot of cheap oil for a long time. Bad yeah. news for people in the industry is we're going to have a lot of cheap oil for a long time you know mm-hmm. Todd don't like that but uh, <laughs> but no we're, we're finding uh, we're finding a new normal and that's what that's what people do that's what mm-hmm. we do is we find a way to make things work yeah. and I'm confident we will and uh, 
that that will move forward. Now, one thing our listeners need to know, and I know this about Coach, and uh, and we've talked a long, yeah, I hadn't really talked a lot about it at all, uh, but he's a real patriot. Uh, he he loves our country, and um, I know this, uh, you know, just from arm's length distance. I know that Ronald Reagan is like one of my yeah. heroes, and I think he's one of Kennan's as well. And and I know you like politics, and. Uh, how do you see um, the country in general moving forward, and and how our faith plays into into the into the political realm and and into our patriotism? Yeah, wow, that's a that's a big one. Um, you know, I think I think faith is being pulled out of politics. It has been in all of my lifetime. Um, I think that uh, we focus mainly on the things that separate us, that makes us make us different. Um, and we ignore the things that we have in common, and, and we're just we're in a we're, we're moving towards a bad place. But I, I always think there's hope. Um, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, just for me is is the top uh, in terms of my political experience. And we had tough times back then. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't we weren't all in agreement back then, and and we moved forward. But I think I think we have to continually interject our faith into politics. If we don't. Then we're brought uh, to the lowest common denominator, which is um, name calling and, and finger pointing. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's it's very very important. Yeah, you know, I see some of the governor gubernatorial candidates using faith in a way that I don't really think it should be used. I won't name names, but you see political commercials where they they put that badge of religion and faith on their mm-hmm. chest, and yeah. that is not the right way. And you can see it. It's fake. You can see it, you know, when you when you hear those type of commercials. But yet at the same time, we're, you know, Lafayette's looking at a new mayor and, and um, and you know, there'll be a presidential election and what. But, you know, you, you do want a leader that has a deep faith. You know, it's part yes. of how we build our country. And it needs it needs to be that way. Yeah. I saw uh, on a recent news uh, show last night that the millennials are, I don't know, 65 percent of people under a certain age believe in socialism, yeah. you know, and that's a godless world to me. You know, uh, I think our democracy was founded on God. Yeah, it's it's something that's uh, I know that's something that's close to you. You, you, yeah. you read a lot, coach. You, yeah. Um, what do you like to read? Uh, well, you know, right now I'm reading um, uh Pope John Paul, St. John Paul's uh, encyclical from 1980. Dude, yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. And um, uh, he saw things coming, man, back wow. in 1980. But he talked a lot about that. Uh, a lot. He talks about the um, uh, the course that humanity's on and, and the dangers that we face. And I think they're only uh, amplified now, you know, as they were in, in 1980. But um, I'm I'm reading that one uh, to kind of tie into the the divine mercy theme. Uh, because of course he's our he's our mercy pope, you know, and uh, um, I think he foresaw the trouble we'd have, um, and I think we're going to deal with it now. We as we dealt with it then, and we're going to deal with it forever. Coach, we got about five minutes left on the show, and uh, Calvin, I'm so proud of him. <laughs> I am too. I mean, he I is too. like a beast. He's on fire, <laughs> yeah. you know. Coach, uh, that's awesome. Coach has come a long way since. Fatima, since we were coaching at Fatima, we all have, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with him too. We communicate a lot, we text each other a lot, and Coach has really been instrumental in helping me personally since I've had my surgery, taking me to my appointments and whatnot, and uh, really being a, a, a main part in my recovery. So, uh, 
I'm, I'm excited uh, that uh, we got him out there and also that uh, we're able to even spend some time today. So, uh, Coach, uh, I appreciate you coming. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, how about, Kenan? Okay. <laughs> how about, uh, well, what do you want to, let, I, let's take this conversation where you want to go. Is there anything that, that you want to share with our audience? That, uh, well, I want to talk basketball. Let's do it. Okay. But, um, you know. Uh, banana. Let's run banana. banana. Yeah, banana. One of our plays, a well-named <laughs> plays. Well, I just I wanted to make sure that, that I get to say this before we run out of time, which is, you know, Todd uh, asked me years ago, my goodness, how long, Todd? Oof. 15 we old years now, ago. So. We're old. Yeah. Um, just for the record, I'm the only guy that's not a grandfather in the studio oh. here. I just wanted to leave that out there. <laughs> T-pop. Yeah. Um, so Todd asked me to be his assistant coach maybe 15 years ago. And, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm, I'm the farthest thing from a coach that could ever exist. I, you know, I wasn't a sports person, didn't play a lot of sports, don't know anything about coaching, but Todd insisted. And uh, as you know, he can be very persuasive mm-hmm. when he's insistent. And so I took the job and, and we coached together um, or, or I watched Todd coach and I learned from Todd for many, many years. And then um, – when that was over, or so I thought it was over, uh, Todd came to me one day and said, look, they, they, we don't have a sixth-grade girls basketball coach at Fatima, and there's a job opening, which I thought was a joke. And he said, no, no, they want us to do it. And I said, well, absolutely, I will not do that. And, uh, <laughs> and Todd said, oh, yeah, yeah, you will. We're, we're going to do it. So I agreed to it, and he said, after I agreed to it, he said, by the way, it's a three-year commitment. Oh. <laughs> so... Uh, I didn't enter that phase very willingly. I thought this is going to be a disaster. You know, uh, my inadequacies are going to be on full display on the Fatima basketball court. But it was the opposite. It was a wonderful um, time. It was a time we got to spend with our girls. Uh, it was a it time. Was the best time. It was the best. It was a window for me. Now, you guys are both sports guys. So you know about teams and camaraderie and the different elements. You know, to me, basketball was you know, putting the ball in the hoop. That was basketball. But really what went on on that court was watching our girls grow up, right. struggle with issues and resolve issues and resolve relationship issues. And, and so it was a window for me into something that I would have never been able to be part of. And then, of course, I met Calvin uh, through that process. And, uh, you know, I thought, who is this guy? What, what's he doing here? He doesn't have any kids here. Why would he... Why would he give his time here? And so it's developed into a wonderful relationship. And, and I, uh, Todd, I told you at, the, um, at our very last basketball um, dinner when it was all over, you know, when we had coached our last game and the kids were going to graduate Fatima and it was done, uh, motion, an emotional dinner. Uh, I said, uh, you know, I don't know why you picked me 15 years ago to go on this journey on the court. I have no qualifications. Don't know why you did it. And I don't want you to answer that question as to why you did it, but I'll always love you for it. <laughs> and uh, I mean that. And uh, Calvin, to you as well. Yeah, uh, back at you, Coach. I love you, brother. Love well, you all know coaching is way more than X's and O's. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, how they say it's about the Johns and the Joes, but we coach girls. But, you know, uh, it is, and, and it would never have been the same. And w- what Kenan brought to the table on our on our little team was something that Special. can't be taught. Definitely. And uh, you can't learn the X's and O's. And there's no basketball uh, school in America that could teach uh, enthusiasm. 
and uh, that you got to hydrate to dominate. Uh-huh, amen. You know, and uh, <laughs> on those fields and on those courts, we, we watched Kenan's house burn down one time. Yep. You know, uh, yep. we saw uh, smoke from a great distance, and that was <laughs> yep. something I'll never forget. But we had quite a few moments out there. But it's been a pleasure having you on your show, Kenan. I love you, my man. Thank love you, you so back, much brother. for being here. I'm so proud of you. Uh, again, you've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. It's where faith meets culture. So until next time, engage the Cajun Catholic Union.